0: Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. That's Sober Guy Podcast. We have a great episode for you today. USC graduate, former NFL linebacker, motivational speaker, and published author of the book Permission to Dream, Thomas Williams joins the show today. If you're looking to make some changes in your life, if you're looking to live out your dreams, if you're looking to prove some people wrong, That Maybe doubted you or maybe told you that you couldn't do something This is the episode to motivate your ass to get out there and put the work in that it takes to succeed Uh, That being said, the website is www.thatsoberguy.com There's a couple of ways you can support the show Uh, You can go to itunes and leave us a rating on itunes. It helps rank the show you can send us an email at, at com. Send us some comments, any questions you may have, a short story. Um, if, it's, if it's something that is interesting, we may read it on an upcoming episode. You can also go to the website and go to the donate page and make a donation to the show. This show is all self-supported. Any donations go right back into the operation and are greatly appreciated. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy this special episode. Here's Thomas Williams. And you're listening to That Sober Guy Podcast on Recovery Radio, living one day at a time for a sober, healthy, happy life. For more information, visit ww.thatsoberguy.com. And now, let's start the show. Today we have a great guest, former NFL linebacker and USC graduate, motivational speaker, and author of Permission to Dream. I Can, I Will, I Did. Mr Thomas Williams is joining us Thomas how you doing
1: I'm good Shane what's going on man How's everything
0: everything is phenomenal you know it's all it's all about attitude these days and um, I'm sure you can attest to that so how about yourself I understand you're doing some traveling today
1: yeah I traveled uh, I had a speaking engagement this morning and then I hopped on a plane and had to come to a a conference uh for the weekend and i am uh, i'm excited i know we had to kind of push some things back because of both of our schedules and i'm glad that we were finally able to make
0: it happen absolutely persistence uh pays off that's for sure you know you just uh yes. you keep at it and eventually um you know like all things everything everything works out so um well sure. I, th- I i think we'll just kind of we're just going to kind of dive right in here and uh um i had mentioned that um you you are now um a an author, and you had a book that came out recently called "Permission to Dream." I can, I will, I did. Um, when did that book come out? I know it was fairly recent.
1: Yeah, so it, we launched the book in August and of 2014 this year, and so it's it's still um, my baby and, and kind of my one of the coolest uh, accomplishments of my life. Uh, and, and it took about a year process. I started in 2013. Um, right at the beginning of the football season uh, and so at the beginning of september i started putting a pencil to a paper and then from from the paper went to the computer computer to editor and then from the editor to publish
0: yeah that that is awesome isn't it uh isn't it amazing that kind of the old school mentality of putting a pen on paper. I mean, we can sit on computers, you know, and eventually it gets, it evolves to that point once it's, um, you know, through the process. But there's something about putting a pen or a pencil on a piece of paper and letting those feelings out and letting those thoughts, uh, you know, kind of flow out. Uh, something about it is very, very powerful. Did you experience that uh, when you when you started writing?
1: Yeah, Shane, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that because when I, my marketing team inside of my company, um, they once we connected and got hooked up, they saw all the notes that I had over the years of notebooks, spiral old school paper. And they said, Thomas, you need to transfer that to a computer just so that we can be on the same page and your ideas and your thoughts and your visions can become a reality and so that we can help you do that. And for me, I'm I'm old school. I'm I'm only twenty nine years old, but I am old school because I just write things down. If I, I I am a writer of of affirmations, and so every time I write something down, I literally am living it, and I'm literally seeing it, and there's just something about when you write it down physically, um, you're becoming it, right? So that's why it's so important to to write down our visions, our dreams, our our ambitions, and I learned something a long time ago. A mentor of mine said, Thomas, until you write it down, actions cannot take place
0: wow that's that's very very powerful and it's very very true as well um, even even writing something down like you just said and then and, and then you post it maybe maybe in your bathroom or somewhere that you go every single day while you 're shaving while you're brushing your teeth, you kind of go over that and uh I, I know that that has really helped me out to um you know to really achieve some of the thoughts and some of the things that that i 've wanted to um just in general so very very good point um So if you don't mind, I'd like to read uh, just just a a paragraph here out of the preface of your book. Uh, As a little boy, I often hid my feelings, especially during the times in my life when things weren't so perfect. In fact, in my eyes, they were downright bad. I would hide my tears when I got teased about my mother cleaning houses for a living or that I didn't have normal hair. It hurt growing up without a father. It embarrassed me to have to wear clothes that were out of style because they were the only ones we could afford. Sometimes I hated people, lashing out at them so that they would feel some of the pain that I felt. I asked, why me, God? And that kind of leads me into the question that I wanted to ask you is, you know, many people allow themselves to become a victim of circumstance uh, rather than the creator of, say, their destiny. So tell us how you've overcome some of the obstacles in your life and, um, you know, created your dream and created the life for yourself that you're living today.
1: Yeah, that's... um. And wow, as you as you read that, it <clears throat> it really comes to back all full circle of where I was and how far I've come. Um, as as I've discussed in the book and talked about, one of my biggest motivations in my entire life and inspirations is my mother, and mm-hmm. the reason why she is is because at an early age I saw how hard she worked for for myself and for her, cleaning houses, and then. At a later time in life, she decided to further her education, which showed me how exactly what we want to do is possible if we apply ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, for me, in talking about my personal journey and my story of, yeah, you know what, I'm not the only person who grew up without their biological father in their life, who witnessed domestic violence, who maybe wasn't the richest kid in the neighborhood. I mean, the conditions and circumstances which I grew up in, I wasn't the first one to do it. and But what I wanted to make sure is that I took control of my circumstances or my my choices, rather. I, I was able to have full control over the choices I made. And maybe my past wasn't pretty or something that I'm extremely proud about. But I understand... What the future is, and I understand that we all have hope, and we can all change where we are to go from where we are to where we want to be. And I say this all the time: is that you have to take your pain and transform it into your power. And so there's there's a there's a saying <clears throat> with 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 privilege, and, and I think it goes along the lines of this uh, this generation today is that this generation is privileged. The expectation or the entitlement generation.
0: Yes, yes. And the
1: silver spoon generation. That, mm-hmm. Those 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 themes come to mind. And so for me, hard work, and just like we were talking about before we got on the, the, the show, is in persistence and patience and understanding that if you want to make a difference, the difference and the change begins with you. And so I've literally my entire life used all the naysayers, all the no's, you can't do it, you'll never do it, your mother, your father never went to college, You're, this is this is your glass ceiling. So I've always used that as motivation and to drive myself to the places that I wanted to be and the person who I wanted to become.
0: That's that fuel for the fire. So I, I, I really like what you said, Is you know, taking... Um, you know, taking negative situations and using those to your advantage. Because some people, some people may sit back and use that as excuses and say, you know, poor me or why me? Um, you know, why why is this happening to me? Well, you know, would you agree that? there no matter what the situation and um you know we won't go into specifics but no matter what the situation there has to be even if it's a a terrible situation there has to be some sort of good that comes out of it and if you can find that little speck of good in something and change it and not either make that same mistake again or not pass those mistakes on down to to your kids per se um You know, that's just, that's just such a powerful thing to be able to look in the mirror and be honest and say, say, look, this is my situation and this is how I'm going to address it. Um, And it sounds to me like that's, that's something that you have really been able to, um, you know, to, to really dial in and uh, that's why you're so successful.
1: Yeah. And you're exactly right. Where, where I am is only for the moment where I want to be is where I'm going. Got and it. so that's the difference between being content and complacency. Content is for the moment. Complacency means this is where I'm going. I'm comfortable, and this is where I want to stay. I don't want to get outside of my comfort zone. I don't want to grow, uh, whether it's mind, body, or spirit. I don't want to develop into something greater than I already am. And I think <clears throat> one of one of my greatest... Um, one of my, the things that I go to all the time is the Bible, and I don't want to be too biblical, and I'm not a Bible-beater, Bible but one of my favorite scriptures is focus on the things that you cannot see rather than the things that you can see, because the things that you can see are only temporary. The things that you cannot see will last for eternity. Wow, yeah. and, and that's the great thing about we have hope, but we have to first give ourselves permission to dream, permission to live, in permission to have hope and hope is the things for the future the potential of the the scenarios and 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 I think it's 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 something that literally lies within inside of us but we forget sometimes we forget that we can have a better day tomorrow is coming and it is going to be better if we choose right here right now to make that investment into our future
0: i uh you know that, that's that's a great point I I had a guy um you know someone someone that kind of mentored me and he would say you could change your day at any time. I don't care if it's 11:58, you know, and and that next day is coming. You can you can choose, you know, or you can choose not to. It's up to you, but ultimately, you know, it's your decision. You're the only one that's going to that's going to create that that better day or that terrible day, and it's all it's all in your attitude. Um
1: yeah. Yeah and and I, I want to touch on that because this is <clears throat> this is something that I'll definitely write in my future book and I haven't shared this um this is actually the first time publicly I, w- I will have it, have announced it. So in 2010 I was cut by the New England Patriots um at 9:30 in the morning. And I that it was the final cut day 2010 and I remember feeling so defeated. Like I wasn't good enough. And here I am at the at the elite level, right, playing uh-huh. in the NFL. Uh-huh. And Bill Belichick had just sat down with me and said, "Thomas, we're going to move in another direction. You did well, but you you basically told me you're 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 not good enough to play here." Wow. And I left that stadium, and I remember driving home, and on the left hand side of the street in Foxborough, where I was living, there was a liquor store, and I went into the liquor store, and it was closed. And it says it opens at 10 o'clock, right? So I had about 20 minutes to kill. And so I went across the street and I picked up a, a sandwich, an egg sandwich from McDonald's, uh-huh. ate that, sat in my car, pondered on what just took place because I was, basically I was fired. Yeah. And I went back into the liquor store and I got a, the biggest bottle of Crown Royal. And on my way home, I ordered a pizza, a large pizza, and they delivered it. And for the next two days, the only thing I did was drink Crown Royal and eat pizza, And I remember when that last drop of alcohol went into my mouth and I had nothing else left to drink. That feeling of, for the moment, your issues or your problems or the situation may have subsided Uh because you were intoxicated, incoherent. But right now, that same monster that you were trying to run away from two days prior is facing you right in the mirror right now what are you going to do about it thomas because those problems that situation isn't running anywhere so you can either be a man and stand up to it right now or you can continue to run from it but it will always be there until you beat it and i'll never forget that
0: wow that's uh that's incredible that's i mean that's got to be um that's got to be a feeling of um... I don't I don't even know how to describe it, just of the the ultimate I'm gonna stare this in the face or I'm going to I'm going to run away from it basically. I mean that's kinda what what you were saying, right?
1: Yeah, and if and for me at that moment, if you run from something one time you'll run from it again and you'll continue to create this habit of mm-hmm. running from things that you don't wanna face. Oh yeah. And for me as 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 a man as as, as a as a human being on this earth I hate running from things that I'm afraid of And it's a, and it's, a so, it's a
0: natural It's a natural tendency I think for For a lot of uh, a lot of people Um to want to do that though And I, I think you're right on the fact of You know acknowledging it is obviously The first the first step in Um in, in kind of admitting to it But then making a decision on On you know do do I run Or do I stand my ground And um uh, you know, look myself in the mirror and make some, make some changes.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, I, I, uh, I also noticed, you know, one, one thing that you wrote down that I, that I liked that said the good made me and the bad made me. And I wanted to elaborate on that a little bit. Um, you know, I, I feel like, like you said, you know, we've all had, or a lot of us, you know, we've had rough childhoods, we've had different things happen to us in our lives, and, um, you know, along with the good things, a combination of those are both of the things that have made, the, made us the men or the, or the women or the people that we are today. So um, where, where were you, you kind of getting at um, when you wrote that?
1: Well, I, I, I was really talking about so many times in life we want to accept the good. We wanna, we're, 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 we're circumstantial joy beings, right? So if we get a check in the mail tomorrow, we're happy until all of a sudden we spend all that money. When we get a full tank of gas, we're excited, we're ready to drive anywhere. But I think the true character of a, of a person, and I also think who we are as people, really comes out when the situations aren't pleasant. It's not all sunshine and rainbows and that whole night. So for me, I literally embraced my father not being in my life, and I said, wow. Look at the man I've become since he wasn't in my life. And if, do, you, do I think I would have been the same man if he would have been in my life? And I think the answer is no, because I adapted and I adjusted. My mom was there. I had, I had great friends in the community. I mean, there was families that took me in and my mom in, and supported us. I had, I had my mom's boyfriend, Ron, who I write about in the book, who was there. I would have never had a chance to meet him and him teach me how to play sports. I would have never had some of these other opportunities if everything would have been great. Maybe I would not have been as motivated if I would have had all the money in the world and I could afford all these great luxuries growing up. Maybe I would have never made it to the NFL because why would I need to work so hard if everything was right there served on a silver platter? And so just as much as we're excited and passionate about the good, we need to be just as thankful for the bad because the, the, it's it all uh, an equation one plus one equals two i don't care how you slice and dice it everything bad and everything good mixed up is exactly who i am today
0: yeah that's um that's that kind of just reminds me of the the old saying life is a journey it's not a destination and along the way is you know is our, us learning us us making mistakes us making decisions that aren't always the right ones, and um, you know you you've been able to see that, and I I totally agree with you on the whole on the whole fact of maybe if you know maybe if my dad had been there you know I wouldn't be the man I am today, or maybe if we had all the money in the world I wouldn't have strived so hard. In other words, we're here for a purpose, and and we don't you know we don't get to pick the cards that we're dealt in other words, but, but we have to play them and we got to use them to the best of our ad- advantage. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that, that kind of leads into my next question actually is, um, how, how would you say acknowledgement, acceptance, and forgiveness, um, has saved you from some of the things you witnessed at home as a child? And I didn't want to give away anything that was in the book. Um, you know, because no, I, I got to fine. read some of it, but I, I, I wasn't sure just, I wanted to generalize it, but. Um, how how would you say those things have, have have helped you?
1: Well, I mean it's the it's the old uh, Serenity Prayer, right?
0: Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm.
1: Give me the um, serenity, the, give me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot control, and then the courage to change the things that I can. Mm-hmm. And so I need to accept. Forgive. I mean, forgiveness is so big. I uh, recently just had a chance to um, go down to uh, to Florida and visit my dad, and there was a huge shift in our relationship because of the acceptance that I have for him. I I, I accept him. I, I I accept the situation that we were placed in. We can't turn back the hands of time. We'll never be able to go back into right or wrong or to fix something or to do anything. But what we can do is we have this rest we have the rest of our lives, however long him and I on this earth together, to create a relationship, to maintain it, sustain it, and to enjoy one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that's with everything in life. And to going back to all of the three points that you just made, it's really simple. It, we, we, we try and make it so complex. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is my life. This is all I get. I need to enjoy every aspect of it. Because, like you said, the destination is the journey. I was listening to Kobe Bryant recently, and he was talking about what drives him. And and the championships, and people were asking him, you know, does the next championship drive you? He said, absolutely. That's one of the factors. He said, but my whole thing that drives me is my... Love and long to learn this game of basketball. He didn't talk about winning, 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 winning. He said, "No, I want to learn." And if we take that stance and we understand that learning is the whole reason we're here, so that we can just like you said, you take the information, you pass it, you share it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if it's to a friend, if it's to a loved one, if it's to a to a child, and they can learn from your path and your journey, because I don't think there's any mistakes. If they can learn from your path and your journey, then it was all worth it. Mm-hmm. We're only here, like you said, for a purpose. We're 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 we are all actors. If this whole world was a movie and this life was a movie, we're all actors. Some of us have key roles, some of us are are the people who are standing in the back, but we all have a responsibility and it's to one find our purpose, to live passionately and pursue the life of greatness. Now however you want to define that, that's up to you. But I really believe it's those three things.
0: Yeah, that's um that's some that's some powerful, powerful words right there. And once once somebody can can actually um you know, and this this goes back to even writing it down. Like I would encourage listeners like to what, what Thomas just said, you know, replay that and write it down. Put it on a piece of paper you know, pick out, pick out what you like, what really rings true to you, because I'm telling you those words that he just spoke are so powerful. And if you put them down and, and you can really embrace them and understand them and and start to live them, you can make changes in your life too. And, um, I'm here to tell you from, you know, from, from doing things myself and coming, coming from, um, you know, just an uncomfortable situation. We'll just leave it at that. And, and being able to make, make, changes it's it's a phenomenal thing um i know i keep saying phenomenal a lot i'm not vince vaughn by the way i don't know why i keep saying that word do you ever have like a word that you just say oh i i, I was listening to uh i have an
1: amazing I, I, my word is amazing amazing my word yeah. Is amazing. yeah my, that's my word and i was just i was yeah. just aware of that recently when somebody's like you always say amazing yeah. I was like, well There's, there's a lot of amazing things
0: right now. There's a lot of phenomenal things that are just absolute. That's another one. Absolutely. You know, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's kind of funny. And then you hear yourself back and you go, man, I sure I say that a lot, don't I? Mm -hmm. It's funny though. Um, okay. So, so let me, um, let me transition into this. So, you know, every, every boy has a dream and I would say nine out of ten nine out of 10 of them, you know, want to be a professional athlete. You know, when they're little boys, whether it's baseball or football or or soccer or whatever sport it is. Um, So what was it like playing for Pete Carroll at USC and then going on to play for Bill Belichick, um, you know, in the NFL? And, um, you know, what does it feel like to run out on that field?
1: It was the most incredible roller coaster you could ever imagine.
0: Gosh, I... And
1: by roller coaster <laughs> I literally mean the ups and the down parts of it. Uh-huh. You're going up and the excitement and the thrill of the unknown and then when you drop down into that first drop and it's you know, you're going eighty miles an hour and you're turning and you're tossing and it was that too. And it was so cool because here I am at twenty three years old about to experience my dream. It's beautiful about to come a reality Mm -hmm. from eight years old until 23. I was chasing this dream of becoming a professional athlete and I get drafted and I go to the Jacksonville Jaguars and I played a little bit my rookie year. And then the next year I got cut and I went home and I sat on the couch and visit my mom's house for a couple of weeks until another team called me, which was the new England Patriots. And I went there and to be in the locker room, to be around all these great athletes, brilliant minds of, mm-hmm. you know, the Tom Brady's and at the time it was Randy Moss and Fred Taylor and all these phenomenal athletes, world-class athletes and, and great human beings, which a lot of times we don't get to see on the outside because it is just Sunday to Sunday. And, I mean, even Robert Kraft being the owner and, and, and just literally being able to learn the business side of a $12 billion a year entity which the game of football yeah. is. Oh yeah. And, and and seeing how everything operates, then getting cut by them, going to the Buffalo Bills where it was extremely cold and I'm a California kid and I don't know how to shovel snow or get any of that stuff off your car <laughs> and, and sliding through the intersection because I don't yeah. know how to drive in snow and living out of my suitcase and in, in hotels because you don't know if you're gonna be on the team the next day. And then you go to then I got cut from there and I went to Carolina when, and then there was a lockout. You don't know when your next check's coming in. you got to work out. Wow. But I'll tell you something, Shane. The last and final year of my career before I suffered a career in a neck injury was I started eight games for the Carolina Panthers my last year. And like we talked about before, if I would have quit or if I would have given up in my second, third, or fourth year mm-hmm. because I got tight. I would have never experienced that—that—that that, that pure bliss and joy of playing in the NFL, running out of the tunnel on game day, smelling the grass, making plays. You're, you're making tackles on Adrian Peterson. You're playing against Peyton Manning. You're—you're—I you, mean, it's everything you could have ever imagined, and it's the words that I'm able to express won't ever do it justice until you, whoever's listening, until you make a decision and say, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to chase. And I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I know I'm going to try as hard as I possibly can day in and day out until it can finally happen. Because all it was was a little boy with a dream who used to stand out in Westwood Court and play flag football or two-hand touch and say that I'm Jerry Rice, (laughs) I'm Steve Young, I'm Deion Sanders. I'm Barry Bonds. You know, with all the different sports, and and then to finally do that and see that come to a reality. I mean, you, you, are you serious? Like, yeah. it's only it's only less than one percent of the entire world that can call themselves professional athletes, and I was one of them. Like, that is. Ugh. When, I get so excited thinking about it because imagine imagine saying that you're going to do something from a young age and you've had every person that you could possibly imagine tell you that you need to wake up and smell the coffee. Be yeah. realistic. And you did it. And that's why I titled the subtitle of the book is I Can, I Will, I Did. Because I can is making a choice. I will is a declaration. And I did is a sense of accomplishment and achievement. Uh-huh. And I think that's where I get my confidence from because people ask me all the time, Thomas, how do you speak in front of 1,500 people, 2,500 people? And you're on the stage by yourself. And it's like I have the confidence because I didn't quit and give up during the times when everybody else would have. So whatever you have, I'm up on the stage sharing my testimony, my journeys, and helping you with tools that help me see a dream become a reality. I'm not telling you anything that I read in a book. I'm telling you everything I lived in my life that literally almost tried to Kill me, if you will. I mean, the the, the sport of laying me on the ground in my last game because I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. I took a hit that I couldn't move, and that 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 rush. There's nothing like it. And for the rest of my life, no matter what, nobody can ever tell me that I can't. And if you do, I won't believe you because I've already seen it
0: true. <laughs> I love that. That's great. And if you do, I'm not going to believe you, dude. I wish you could see my face right now, man. I have the biggest smile on my face because hearing you, hearing you describe, um, you know, just the, just the sheer, uh, sheer determination and willpower and, and hope and faith and everything, everything that that somebody who wants to be successful at whatever it is that you want to do your dream. Um, you know, you just described it. And and like you said, you did it. I can, I will, I did. And that's just, that is so, so powerful. And I appreciate you sharing that uh, with us today. Yes. Um, so, um, I, I just, I just have a couple more for you real quick here. I wanted to, uh, one thing I think is really important for, um, you know, for parents out there and as well as maybe some of the younger audience that may be listening to, um, you know, you graduated USC with a degree in sociology. You know, I, I think a lot of a lot of parents, even and a lot of kids, they focus on athletics, and I would say sometimes, um, you know, the education part of it may get pushed to the side. How important would you say it is to work hard in school and to get an education right next to you know the the, the athletics?
1: Yeah, that's something that I that I literally beat on my chest and yelled. To the top of my lungs every time I get an opportunity to speak at a high school or a middle school or even a college and letting people know that the more education you have the more opportunities you'll get mm-hmm. that's just a fact and it's not just the the, the information that you're learning in the classrooms that's going to make you successful and that's going to advance you to that next phase on your journey but it's the the, the the will, it's the determination to say, I'm going to start something and I'm going to finish it. And I always tell my athletes, I say, listen, guys, how you play sports isn't how you live your life. Because we get that mixed up. It's how you live your life is how you play sports. So if you're a quitter or if you're lazy in life, then you're going to be a quitter and lazy in sports. Mm-hmm. And so for me it was extremely important beyond the goals of going to the NFL to become the first person in my immediate family to graduate from college with a degree. That was first and foremost. And two, the amount of energy and effort that it takes for somebody to sit in a class, to get an education, to listen to the teachers, to do well in tests, to do well in school, all of that transpires onto the athletic field or whatever other avenues that you want to do. Because I was basically... I didn't read... Shane, I didn't read my first book until I graduated college. And mm-hmm. that's the honest about truth. It's really It's truth. It, it's actually sad. I didn't read my first book until I graduated college. And for me, it's all the things that I lost and that I missed out on over my first 22 years of living. Mm-hmm. I had to make up in these past 3 years. And it's so hard to go back and try and re-educate yourself and you don't want to go back. You don't want to get to a certain age and look back and say, "You know what? I wish I would have done more." Yeah. When I could have.
0: Well, I think a lot of us do do that especially when we get into our lives, you know, we we have careers and we have we have families and um you know, there's always that little thing in the back of in the back of your mind that tells you, you know, I, I could have, I could have tried harder. I could have done this. I, you know, I should have done it that way. Um, and you know, that goes to say to a maturity level. I mean, I, I wish to God, I knew, you know, what I know now back when I was you know, 16, I, 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 you know, but at the same time, when I say that, you know, I catch myself because I say, well, no, I don't because I wouldn't be sitting right here, you know, talking with you, um, you know, having this great conversation about things that I've learned along the way. Um, but I, I guess, I guess my point being, um, is that, we do our best in the moment. And you kind of said that at the beginning of the show, living in the moment, right. trying, you know, one, that's a big thing in recovery. One day at a time, one moment at a time, we can't be future tripping on stuff. We we definitely have to set ourselves up and make smart decisions and think ahead. At the same time, we need to stay conscious of the fact that we're living in today and we're living in right now. And that's the most important thing because we never get that back.
1: Right. And and another thing I want to share with, with young athletes is that, you can only play sports for so long, whether you whether you finish at Pop Warner or Little League or whether you play high school ball or whether you play college ball or whether you play professional sports. There's only a short window of opportunity there. But when you're finished playing sports, your education is going to take you far beyond athletics ever could.
0: I'm not sure exactly what you do with it but the Wounded Warrior project and I was hoping maybe you'd talk a little bit about that as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um so the Wounded Warriors unit um and I have worked um hand in hand over the past two and a half years um because it's it's not a I don't want to say it's a similar because the job description and what <clears throat> Sacrifices are made are completely different from a professional athlete and somebody who serves this country. So I I definitely want to put that out first. I think what um, I bring to the table when I go in and I speak and I work hands-on with the Wounded Warrior Unit is I empower and I inspire and I remind every soldier, whether you're female or male, whether you're black, white, whatever you are, if you've served this country... You have so many transferable skills that are going to make you successful outside and when you're done serving in the military. And to just instill that confidence in them that if you can sit there and go through basic training for 10 weeks or however long it is, and you can go into a briefing and you can learn about an enemy and then you can go over and you can um, complete and execute a mission, you have so many transferable skills inside of you that's going to make you an asset to any company or anything that you desire to do, because 80% of this world does not have inside what somebody in the military has. They don't They don't have these skill sets mm-hmm. that have been innately ingrained in them, and that they've done for however long they've served. And that's the thing is that I'm finding when I go to these military bases, is that these soldiers, it's very difficult for them to transition out of being... Um, if you will, coached what to do, you Uh know, because all Uh the time they're being, this is the mission, this is the job, this is what we're asking you to do. And so I just have to remind them and go in and say, look, guys, you have something that the rest of the world wants. Take that. Use it to your advantage. Because you already have everything you need to get everything you want. And then that's when you see the light bulb click up in their mind because they say, wow, I never knew what I already had. Sometimes we don't know what we have. We think that everybody else has what we have. And that's why I talk about so passionately about our purpose and our dream. We're all here for a specific reason and nobody has the same reason. It can be similar, but it's not the exact same reason. Your dream and your vision that is inside of you that you're holding back on right now that you're not moving forward with, is yours, but sometimes we think that it, since it came to me so easily or so simply or so plain, that everybody else must be doing it. I did a I did a recent study, and um, I think it's like close to eight out of ten people haven't have an, have an uh, Apple product, mm-hmm. whether it's an iPhone, whether it's an iPad, iPod, um, a Mac computer, but there's basically eight out of ten people have a product, and before this whole Apple epidemic, we'll call it, took over. Steve Jobs was basically a fool. He Mm -hmm. was going to sit there, and he was going to create something that everybody needed. And his friends and investors and people thought he was so crazy. That's why he had to work out of his garage, to create something that everybody would remember. But he continued to do exactly what you said with that P word, be persistent, be patient, and be relentless. And he finally got exactly what he wanted because if eight out of 10 people in this world have an Apple product, he was able to accomplish the same dream that he set out to do.
0: Out of his garage at that. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, unbelievable. Uh, I mean, it really is. It really is. So right. What a great conversation, man. Just so, so many good points, so much valuable information in there. Uh, so much powerful information as well. Where where can we find you? Um, and are there any upcoming events, um, you know, that you have coming up anytime uh, in the in the new year? And where can we also find your book?
1: So first and foremost, my website to keep up with me is www.thomasrwilliams.com. thomasrwilliams. Uh, dot com. You can purchase my book there as well as on Amazon, it's uh, the Kindle version as well, so ebook and the physical book you can purchase. As far as the upcoming speaking engagements, I can't speak on the ones in 2015 yet because uh, still uh, a couple of negotiations are, are taking place right now. Uh, but for the rest of the year, I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, I don't have any more engagements. I just had my last engagement today for 2014, um, we did over we did over 50 engagements this year which wow. is which is awesome. such a blessing oh, that's um great. it came out to do a little bit uh over one a week which is awesome i i i pray that that I'm blessed to do uh two a week so that'd be 104 next year um but yeah definitely um i post up all all of my engagement engagements and if you ever need me to come uh, speak to your organization because I do do corporate training as well. Um, I, I speak to schools, I speak to um, organizations as well as corporate gigs. Um, yeah, man. So uh, find me and and I and I can't wait to to help you live and experience your dreams beyond your wildest imaginations.
0: Thomas, thanks again, my friend. Uh, It's been a pleasure, and uh, we will we will talk again shortly. Enjoy the time off, man. It's well deserved. I hope you have a a good holiday season.
1: Thank you so much, Shane. I appreciate you having me on, too, man. I can't wait to do it again. And happy holidays to you as well.
0: This has been another episode of That Sober Guy Podcast on Recovery Radio with Shane Raymer. For more information, visit www.thatsoberguy.com or email Shane. At sobriety at thatsoberguy Thanks again for listening, and enjoy a sober, healthy, happy life.